Welcome back to Inside with Outsiders. I'm Jeremy S. Gary, and today's guest is Alex DeBog of Made by Alex and Anybag. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks it was me. it was great to meet you what, last week. I met you for the first yeah, time. About. But we have a bromance brewing already. We've been going like way back. Before. Yeah, I feel like you're my cousin though. We have like similar roots. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I walked in and I was, like, I was like, "There's something we I knew about this guy way before I met him." Exactly. I, I saw you. I've been following you before uh, you discovered Outsiders to Jordan. Yeah. Uh, and it was funny when she reached out, said you want to be in touch with us. I was like, I want to be in touch with him. Like I love what you're doing. <laughs> no, I, I think it. not only. You know, the environmental element is huge. It's something I'm really drawn to. Yeah. But also, it's cool, right? You yeah. see some a lot of, like, these environmentally safe brands that look like shit. It's corny. You know, like, and we talk about, look, like, for example, Liquid Death, right? Great marketing. Yeah. They're really doing a great job with not using plastics. Yeah. They've got great water. Like, I like their mission, but they're known mostly for their marketing, their yeah, aesthetics and all that. Like, that's what sucked me into it the first time. So I was like... This shit is wild. Exactly. Like, murder your thirst. But says that. <laughs> same with you. I mean, you're not doing outlandish marketing like yeah. they are. It works for them. But what you're doing is like recreating New York staples, right? Iconics. If we're looking at the thank you, have a nice day bag, that's something you get on every bodega or yeah. any store in you know, Chinatown, whatever exactly. it is. So, But recreating it from those bags. Yeah. And then now they have a, a nice bag they can use pretty much forever. Cause, forever. It's a forever bag. That's yeah. What call it. I so, mean, there's a lifetime guarantee behind it. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, those bags, yeah. it'll be thousands of years before they have to... Pretty much. It's going to outlive every one of us. Yeah. Um, but it's like we're taking the iconic New York signature plastic bags that we've seen around all our lives and giving them a better purpose, like regenerating them. Yeah. But now it's like, all right, we could reintroduce them as repurposed, upcycled, right. and then slap a screen print on it. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. We got this brand new bag made out of all these old bags from right. the trash, from the waste. And it gives it a whole new life, a whole new meaning. That's amazing. Uh, uh, Babs, is, is he talking close enough to the mic? I'm surprised this is your... Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm surprised this is your first podcast. I would assume you've done like the whole podcast like tour by now. <laughs> no, I do, I do a lot of talking. I do a lot of um, like school pop-ups, yeah. if you want to call it that. We do show and tells in the factory. We're heavily involved with the community. So we get a lot of people into the factory. We go out. We do... Um, workshops and, and talks at all the element like about a dozen elementary schools talk mm -hmm. all, talk to all the kids teach them about sustainability upcycling thinking outside the box and just you know showing them that you know anything is possible you just gotta reinvent like kind of reinvent the wheel but just because one thing is meant for one single purpose doesn't mean it needs to end right there. and that's kind of like what our big like the mission is behind this it's like think think other alternatives think of other right. other uses and you know manipulate it you know, obviously, you don't have to tell me why you decided to do a project like this as far as the sustainability part, but how did you become so well-versed and knowledgeable about uh, I mean, upcycling? And, and, and Honestly, it just, the more I did it, the more I learned. Every day I learned something new. Like, upcycling, sustainability, to me, I never learned any about this, anything about this. Like, growing up, it was the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle. And then it's like, now that we dive deeper into it, we're realizing... A lot of that's bullshit, and there's so much more to it. But, you know, like, just growing up in the factory all my life, you know, growing up in an immigrant family, one thing my dad always taught me was, like, you eat the whole chicken, nothing goes to waste. Yeah. So that was, like, one of the philosophies that always went into the factory. Like, you, you save every scrap. You know, coming from a leather goods background, manufacturing, like, that's... I grew up around it all my life, 40 years. Mm -hmm. And every scrap of leather we used to take, put it into a bin, color-coded, articles, all that. And we saved every piece never thinking anything about sustainability or it's just for us, that was money. 
Right. Why throw it out? Yeah. And then fast forward to a few years ago, and I was like, wait, we've been doing this forever, and now everyone's talking about being sustainable. Right. Like, wait, we, we're the pioneers of this. <laughs> Hold up, time out. Let me. Well, what's, honestly, I think every culture was that way prior yeah. to single serving things, yeah. right? That's it. So we're just we just got to go back to the roots of, like you said, whether it be using every part, eating every part of the animal. Yeah. Um, you know, we've gotten into this uh, habit of everything being really convenient and yeah. discarding and, and, and not treating the planet well. Yeah, I mean, just because we throw something or like once we're done using something and we throw it out, it doesn't just disappear. But, but, <laughs> but, but you know, the way the systems are in place yeah. as far as trash goes, it makes it seem like that's what yeah. happens. And that's a, that's a misconception. Right. It goes to live somewhere else. Yeah. Sometimes it lives in a landfill. Sometimes it, it lives on a barge somewhere. Sometimes it goes to another country or... It ends up in our waterways or our, you know, pollutes the, the environment yeah. that we're living in. So what we're doing is we're, we're just creating a system that prevents that right. and, you know, diverts the waste, diverts the trash from ever reaching a landfill or reaching a, a waterway or, you know, con contaminating anything. But it's like, it's just, it's all a matter of putting systems in place. And with systems, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. What, when did you start? Like, what, what made you start this? What was the moment you were like, I want to make bags from old bags? So I'd say weaving textile became one of my passions, I'd say about 10 years ago when we bought a loom uh, into the factory. Started weaving all the leather, all the leather scraps, and then we made a carpet out of all these random scraps one day. And then, Very Middle Eastern of you. Yeah, just old school rag rug. Just old school rag <laughs> rug, you know. What's up, Lebanon? <laughs> but um, it wasn't anything. It was just like, wait, if we could do this with leather scraps, or leather remnants, I was like, why can't we do this with plastic? And I just started experimenting and fusing plastic together, taping it together, and then weaving it. And uh, after about six months of trial and error, we created the first any bag. And why did you decide to make a bag as, as opposed to any other product? That's just, that was in my wheelhouse, making bags, making uh, accessories. Yeah. And it was just, it came natural to me. Gotcha. And, you know, like, it's, it's funny. When we started, it was like, oh, let's make this cool bag. Six months down the road, it was like, oh, shit, we're not a, we're not a bag. We're a textile. Right. And now, three years into it, we're realizing that any bag is more than a bag, more than a textile. We're a modern day like upcycling system like uh you know pure veyers of, of trash if you want to call it that right like where nyc's finest trash yeah nyc you, said, yeah. you know it's made in manhattan by new yorkers using yeah. new york city's finest trash yeah exactly so i like to say but um you know like we're reinventing the wheel in the way that people recycle upcycle and making it traceable visible and making it real there's no like greenwashing like uh what is it kiss um you know like greenwashing or yeah. like uh you know where you, you you, you take your recycling out and you think it's getting recycled like this is the right. real deal it's like, like the people who who are doing like one percent for the planet and yeah. that's their you know we, we're a green company yeah. i'm like mm, yeah 1%. like everybody talks about zero waste and all yeah. that it's impossible but the other thing you i th know? find great about what you're doing is that you're doing something that's easily attainable to help something right so a lot of the green initiatives sometimes aren't very convenient and and in order to create habits it has to be convenient enough to become a habit and that's what it is i mean what we're doing is like, we're putting it out there that like, yeah, we can't live this perfect lifestyle. We can't live this sustainable right. lifestyle because, you know, this day and age living in New York City, you know, it's consumerism at its finest. Yeah. You know, everywhere you go, they're, they're handing you the singles use servings of plastic and packets of ketchup or mustard or whatever it is. So it's like, it's not up to us. Like, yeah, we could do a little bit better, but it's up to the, the makers and the creators and, 
you know, where that stuff is coming from to really put the and lay the initiative out right. and lay it down. And like, if it's going to, if they're making it, someone's going to consume it. Yeah. You know, and if we don't use it, the guy next to me is going to use it. And if it's super easy to consume, exactly. that's like, the one they're going to go to. Like it's, we're not going to get out of this bubble or this cycle unless we go to the source. Yeah. So it's like, it's for me, I say it's up to us or up to companies like me uh, that are doing stuff like, uh, like what we're doing with any bag where right. it's like, we're starting like, you know, this is going to go to the waste. Let's take it. We yeah. create it. Regenerate but you're like it. the second stage, right? Yeah. The root of the issue is obviously the plastic bag maker, yeah. right? So you're the second stage doing, making, transitioning that bag, that plastic bag, that waste into something reusable. Yeah. But the real source of the issue is still not being addressed. Well, right. I mean, I mean, it's starting to with no single use plastics being allowed, but there. But there still has to be, something has to be done about the existing ones. Yeah, and that's, and that's what you're the doing. thing. It's yeah. like you know, with the the ban in New York City, greatest thing to ever happen. Yeah. But the way they rolled it out was like, all right, you can't use plastic after this date. Now what happens with all your your stock, your inventory? Yeah. Everyone's turning around and tossing it. It's right. like, well, it defeats the purpose. Yeah. So what we started doing that day was reaching out to all the bodegas, the stores, Dwayne Reed's, Home Depot, Staples. I remember. Hey, what are you guys doing with your plastic? We don't know. We, there's no plan yet. Yeah. And everybody started tossing it. And then we started getting calls from demo companies and, you know, other stores that start, heard about what we were doing. And they're like, you know, we're, we're throwing this out. Yeah. Do you want to take I was like, hell yeah, we'll take it. We'll, you know, we'll collect it. We'll come pick it up if we have to. Yeah. But it was like, it's great what they did, but it should have been executed a little better. Like, this is the cutoff date when you can order plastic. And then you got to run out of your stock and then think of a different But idea. running out of their stock still contributes to the problem. So yeah. it's not a bad idea. The way they did it was okay, but but now it's your job to yeah. fix the problem. Now it's like we're coming in like, oh, hey, hold on. Yeah. Don't, don't toss that. Let's divert it. Let's safeguard it. Yeah. And, you know, let it live on. You know, give it a better purpose. You know, give it a better meaning in life. I mean, let's also hope that the people buying these bags aren't tossing the bags. Yeah. You know, I mean, the fact that they're a sturdy bag, everyone's always going to need like a, a tote bag or something yeah. like that. No, nah, so dude, that is some, that's some high quality stuff right there. That thing is, that thing probably could take a beating. Yeah. I mean, I used the first any bag for almost two and a half years. It held up just fine. And everyone's like, holy shit. Oh yeah, shit. that shit is sturdy. Like yeah. I picked up, dude, that, it, it's got some weight to it. It's, yeah. It seems like it's really sturdy. What's like, the, what, like the thread count is like the bag count now, right? Yeah, 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 count it's, it's about 95 <laughs> single-use plastic bags. 95, wow. Single uh, classic any bag. I'm assuming that the cloth holding it together would wear out before. It's, and that's what happened. Like with the bag that I wore, the threads on the top where it rubs on my clothing. Yeah. What is what started falling apart. Yeah. But the bag stayed intact. So uh, you offer a lifetime, lifetime guarantee. If the bag rips, tears, or breaks, you send it back to us. We'll patch it up, do whatever we need to to keep the bag circulating. Bag, yeah. you know, plastic lives, I think, 500 to 1,000 years. Why not keep it in use for as long as we could? Yeah. Um, and now we're trying to figure out different ways to make it completely circular. Uh, maybe it's different cords or threads that we use in the bag. Um, this way, if it ever does end up in a recycling facility, it could be recycled 100%. Right. So Can you we'll, use existing plastics for the portion that's cloth? And would it be? Uh, it's difficult. There's, again, like what we're creating, there's no machinery out there. So, right. like, we're developing as we go. We're building an automated loom right now that should be ready hopefully by September, October, November, hopefully September, if, right. fingers, if everything goes all right. Yeah. But um, it's going to increase capacity by tenfold, but it's going to speed up the process. Yeah. And, you know, the, the beauty of that is we haven't even touched touch on that part of it but it's going to create 23 jobs yeah for you know areas that are underserved and people that are underserved and it's a win-win for everybody yeah we spoke about this and you really got to go after those city grants yeah. for i mean 
for job creation, for being considered a minority, you know, yeah. wherever you can get it, who cares? Like, yeah. get that money because what you're doing is going to be beneficial for so many more people other than the planet. I mean, right? in the, the last 18 months, we collected close to 14,000 pounds of plastic out of our little factory on yeah. 29th and 6th Avenue. That's a crazy. 6,000 square foot factory. So imagine what we could do if we had the space, the facility, and the backing of the city, or the backing of the state, Department of Sanitation. And it's like, you know, you guys can't recycle the soft plastic. Yeah. You guys don't know what to do with it. it. Clogs the machines, breaks machines. I also think it's exponential growth you're going to see yeah. because, like, you get a bigger prop, a bigger uh, space, you get more machines, more production, which means then you can hit up the bigger yeah. retailers. Yeah, I mean, we're, there's a lot of talks right now with a lot of the bigger retailers trying to figure out what to do with their waste because they're everyone's going, like, plastic-free in the next two years, yeah. three years. Some have a five-year plan. I mean, the smaller business, like the perfect picnic. I'm not yeah. sure how that followed up. But like, yeah, we I have a call with them next week. Yeah, that, that's like, there's so many there's so many needs for bags, right? Yeah, but a lot of the bags we get, like it's that canvas tote, you know, yeah. gift with purchase that no one really needs anymore. Exactly, it just sits in your closet. It's like why make another one of those when we could just use our existing waste, right? And create but the something. cool thing is some of those those totes are cool, right? Yeah. But this is cool too. Like I love you, the fact again. You take your name, brand it on it, do yeah. whatever you want. Do you color code it? What you're going to do like, for outsiders? Yeah, yeah. outsiders coming soon. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was great. I think I think that you nailed it with what you put on that bag as far as graphics go yeah. too. I mean, we have a new one coming out with the, the I love New York. Everybody yeah. was up in arms regarding the we love New York change, and I was like. Why broke? Oh, why? thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, why you mean? something that was broken? They were trying to change the I love New York they to did we it. love New York. They did. Wait, they did? Yeah, they why? did. Why? What's, what's the point? We love New exactly. York. Exactly. What's or, the point? Yeah, I don't I don't know. But I mean, yeah. who, who, who is uh, I offending? I don't know. They just wanted to be inclusive ever. I don't know. It's I love New York has been I love New York forever. It's iconic. Yeah, but I don't even city. see that being offensive. It's not. If it was, I'd get it, you know, but like. But they just wanted to change it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think still trying to figure it was, out. It was uh, uh, everybody loves New York, so they wanted to include everybody yeah. into the slogan. That's what it was, like bringing all parts of the, yeah. the world, like the city, the state. I was I like, mean, ah. But I mean, you're, the thing is that when you say I love New York, you're the one wearing it. So yeah. I love New York. Yeah. Like, I'm I mean, I don't know if you love New York, but I, know I do. <laughs> I know. <so. laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm born and raised here. Like, exactly. I love New York. Yeah. I haven't left. <laughs> Exactly. I, I don't know. That, that's strange. That's that's actually odd. It's like these little things that uh, no, it makes you scratch your head. Yeah. It's like why? Yeah, why would you understand. do that? Just, it's like changing the color of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Like oh, it's it's green today. Like oh, it's tomorrow. Let's paint it pink. Like, yeah. Exactly. Why would you do like exactly? <laughs> that's the color of the Statue of Liberty. Whatever. I'm sure there's good reason. <laughs> I don't know it, but I'm sure there is. We'll find out hopefully one day. Uh, so you, you you grew up you grew up in New York. Where are you from originally? Well, I can see he's a Mets fan. Uh, yeah, born and raised Mets fan. Brooklyn people, Brooklyn folks are from Brooklyn, right? Yeah, from Bay Ridge, from Brooklyn. So born Brooklyn heads are actually Mets fans and not Yankee fans, or I is there a mix? I know Queens friends, is Mets, Bronx is, is Mets. Yankees. Uh, just the first game I ever went to was against the Pirates, I think, in like 1987. Oh, the year after the... the yeah, 88, my uncle took me, and then like that was it from that day on. It's funny, growing up for me, I'm, I'm not a baseball fan anymore but growing up uh i watched baseball and I, I was told to be a mets fan so i was a mets fan i remember watching the 86 series like on yeah. tv and loving like daryl strawberry yeah, lady dykstra like mookie team, wilson like, the bad boys yeah. you know the bad boys of queens that was great exactly i miss i miss that but then it's all to me like i always say like once new if new york if the New York Mets ever win a World Series, and hopefully they do in my lifetime. So you're a big baseball fan. Yeah, the city, I think, will just shut down. Like, it's like the Knicks and the Mets, if they ever win, 
the city will the shut Mets down. have a much better chance. The Knicks, as long as James uh, Dolan's yeah, there, I, mean, I don't know. That he's gone too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got my qualms about him. Yeah, I think everyone does. I think the culture uh, he creates around MSG, well, yeah. whatever. We don't know who's going to watch this. So. Like, <laughs> the last championship too. that we won that I really enjoyed was like the 94 uh, Rangers. Like, I remember that, like, vividly. Yeah. Like, the Giants, it was great, but like, I'm not into football as much as I am as you know yeah. baseball and basketball. Yeah, I'm a big basketball fan, but I don't have a specific team. Like I can't I can't stand the Knicks for that reason. No, it's it's, it's a love hate. So so Bay Ridge? Yeah Bay Ridge. What's it like for a dude who's Lebanese and um, um and Syrian? Yeah Lebanese and Syrian. Um yeah. it was it was good. I mean it was a melting pot. I had a lot of Greek friends growing up, Italian friends, Irish friends, uh and then I went to high school in the city at Xavier. You went to Xavier? Yeah on sixteenth and sixth Avenue. How old are you? I will be 41 May 4th. Do you know, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Terrence Tuberty? Yeah, yeah, Tuberty. Yeah. Terrence, we had him on the show. Yeah, yeah, we we ran, he was on the track team, yeah. rugby team. Like we. Terrence was on the track team? I was going to say so, I don't. <laughs> one of the brothers, like, he might have did shot put at one point. Or really? Like, I, yeah. I think shot, Terrence, if you're on the track team, you're, I you don't know about this. No offense, I know. I'm a fat bastard myself. Connection, breezy point How about uh, Darren Laszlo? Last, I don't know. It was it was he was from the, uh, Xavier, but yeah, the Rockaway connection. Yeah, like I have my well, like my my whole squad is out. Why don't there. you get your bags at the Rockaway Hotel? He owns it. My my wife just told me the other day. She's like, you should do the next pop up out there when I do mine with the jewelry. I was like, all right, I'll talk about. I'll think about it. I mean, you know, you yeah. know him. Yeah, they do a they do an event every year. I think right before Christmas, and they do one in the summer. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, we do events with them too. We do uh, the Rockaway. Uh, in the snow winter, we do like hot sauna, cold plunge in the okay, pool. Okay, okay, cool. Then we do our Rockaway Ride, which is our, our flagship event, and we yeah. always finish up there. No, it's a beautiful place they built. Yeah, and Terrence has actually been uh, very outspoken about how important he thinks Outsiders is. He's been super supportive. Uh, before I even realized it, there's a few people who were like, no, you need to focus on this. He was one of them. That's awesome. Um, no, he's a good guy. He's a good dude, yeah. So, Xavier, it's a Xavier connection, man. Yeah, that's, that's City High School. <laughs> that Jesuit uh, education. Uh, I went to one year of Jesuit school in, in high school, and I hated it. I, mean, I continued. I went to Fordham afterwards in the Bronx. Oh, yeah? yeah. What did you uh, study? Business management and like international communication. Was it because you knew you were going to take over your family business? No, I thought I was going to go back to school for architecture and, and, and uh, real estate development. And then I did a year of grad school at Stevens and pulled a U-turn. In Hoboken? Semester. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I pulled a U-turn second semester and I said, what the hell am I doing? Let me, like, I want to take over the business. But what were you studying there? Uh, construction management. So I was going to do that degree and then go get an architecture degree afterwards. So how many years of school did you do? I only did a year after. Oh, after yeah, I realized, I was like, what the hell am I doing? And then I walked into the factory and my dad was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Really? Yeah, he was like... I don't want you here. I was like, why? He's like, I sent you to school. You got an education not to work like a, you know, like in Arabic, he says like a, like a hot, like a hot, uh, which means a donkey. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, dad, like what you built. Why, why do, why do all, like all the Middle Eastern cultures have donkey sayings? And Farsi is hot. Everything's like, my, <laughs> donkey, yeah. my dad, my dad was telling me when he got ma- remarried to his current wife, he invited my grandparents to Miram. And my grandfather responds with, uh, even the donkey's smart enough not to stay, step in the same pothole twice. <laughs> so you know, you know the saying, okay? I mean, listen, that's a pretty good saying. I mean, I agree. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, every saying, every... Yeah, man, like, all the times you said, I want to bring a partner in, and, like, it never worked out. I was like, 
I'm your best partner. I'm your son. Yeah. I was like, if anybody's going to do this, it's going to be me. You know? So did it bring you guys closer? Yeah. And now like we're best friends. Yeah. You know, now he, he just retired about two years ago. I'd say the COVID was like a blessing in disguise. Made him like look, you know, take a step back and really appreciate everything. And yeah. he hangs out with my kids now every day. He watches them. He's like, he's a babysitter. He, did, he does everything he, he couldn't do with me growing up because he was a workaholic um, with my kids. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Like, I love seeing it see it happen every day like he's 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 a kid again yeah it's awesome so he's like your he's like the babysitter i guess yeah he, like he builds legos all day he takes them to for pizza ice cream yeah last week they had a lemonade stand out, out front of their house oh, he's and, living life and now he's like when, when's the next lemonade stand i'm like i don't know you coordinate yeah. with the kids <laughs> <laughs> i'm working i'm working <laughs> <laughs> i was like i don't know <laughs> um but no it's, it's great man i love seeing it so you, uh, so during high school, what did you, you want to be an architect the whole time? Uh, I knew I wanted to do, yeah, I, I knew I wanted to do architecture or do something with design. Um, I was very good with my hands, um, like sculpting and painting, drawing, all that, like oh, all my I life. I ask you been, because I mean, again, I'm going to refer to the bag and what you selected on there. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the best ideas are always the simplest, right? Yep. A lot of people trying to make this lavish, shabby stuff thinking that's going to be better, yeah, but it takes a creative mind to see you know, the value in yeah, the basics, right? Simplicity. I mean, uh, I th who's, it, who's that said it? Uh, I think it was Bill Gates. Um, but it was like simplicity is the highest form of sophistication. Mm -hmm. And like, I firmly believe in that. And it's like, like you said, it's like, why does everybody always try to overcomplicate shit? Yeah. And the more you overcomplicate shit, the more, more of a shitstorm you, you cause. I and agree. everybody like puts their hand in the pot and they're five cents and 10 cents. It's like, Guys, like, we're never going to finish this. But it also takes experience to learn that. Yeah, I mean, that's why the, you know, the, the Cross Bronx Expressway will never be, you know, completed. Mm -hmm. It's like there's too many people <laughs> trying to figure out how oh, to yeah, fix this thing. You know? like, this man works for the Port Authority, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, I used to work for New York State DOT. So, yeah, I know. They've been working on the Cross Bronx for like the last 30 something years. Yeah, it's like years. they'll never finish that. It's yeah. the Cross Bronx and the freaking Van Wick. And, and Belt Parkway for me. Yeah, it's like, it's, <laughs> they'll forever be under construction. But that's it's like funny. just simplify it and, and things will work out and that's what we're doing with this it's it's a basic form of, of weaving that's been around for hundreds of years yeah i saw you the know, machine the I was industrial like, revolution that was going on in the uk like, wait so you're weaving these plastic bags you're leaving this stuff on a, on an actual on a loom. loom i could bring the loom drop it on this table and weave plastic all day long no electricity nothing oh shit. i could take that's it drop crazy. it in the middle of the freeway and we plastic all day long and, yeah. that's and, it's and the loom is actually it looks beautiful man yeah. it's like i don't know what it is maybe it's all it, it, you know, instinctually in us because the loom has been around for yeah. thousands of years. But I look at it, I'm like, I want to, I want a loom in my house, not to do yeah, weaving, but just yeah. to have it there. It's it looks a beautiful, beautiful piece, man. It's yeah, and it's the same piece of machinery that's made all our clothing for the last hundreds of years. Yeah, you know, it's just we've evolved, we've changed, you know, like maybe tweaked it here and there, but it, there's no, it's the same process. Yeah, you know, you make the you make the channel, pass the the cotton through, or the the fabric through. In my case, it's the plastic. Yeah, and you create a textile out of it. But it's like, like you said, it's it's simple. Yeah. And like everyone's like, this is it. I'm like, yeah, this is it. It's, and they're like, oh, how'd you come up with this idea? I'm like, I just, I had this vision because I grew up around all this machinery. And without this machinery, I, I probably would not have been able to come right. up with this idea. But I saw an opportunity. I was like, wait, we could, if we could do all this, let's incorporate plastic and see if it works. And here we are today, like 14,000 pounds, you know, yeah. collected. 
That's amazing, and and millions more to go. Yeah, I mean, we're we're just getting started. Uh, you know, we were in the New York Times twice in the last six months. That's insane. You know, like to me, it's like holy shit. I want to be in the New York Times. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Look at that. You got to manifest it. I've been saying it for three years, and we finally got it. I'm 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 gonna manifest it. Um, do like the millennials yeah, it's, and it's manifest wild, it. Dude. It's, it really it really is crazy. When when you were working your the, before any bad came about, when you were working at uh, the leather goods factory. What was your, other than growing the business, what was your passion behind it? Are you trying to create your own brand, uh, um, bring back your father's band, which I know yeah, you're yeah, actually going to be doing? It's a, it was probably, I'd <clears> say, a combination of both. Bringing, you know, keeping the family brand like Pietro NYC alive, but also in my heart, I wanted to just make cool shit. You know, like, I used to always make one-offs for all my friends. And, you know, people were like, oh, I need a duffel bag. Could you make one? I'm like, yeah, sure. I can make a sample. I could right. make a one-off for you, custom-made ma- ma- uh, custom bag, bespoke bag. And then um, after a few years of just doing that, I created Made by Alex. And it yeah. was about using all the leftovers and making woven leathers out of all the tech, like the, the scraps and the remnants. And that's kind of what paved the way for me entering into any bag. Yeah. Just using the waste, using the, the remnants and, you know, making something from nothing. And um, I just started making, I just wanted to make cool shit. Yeah, like, I mean, that's really all I came think down all to. of us here, uh, Ben's made this. He likes woodwork. That's right? awesome. Yeah, like furniture is my passion. Oh yeah, too. this is literally lift. this is all like palettes I, love I found it. outside. That all this stuff on the thing. He made the whole like background. I mean, it's how satisfying is it? No, like, yeah, it? it's great. It, and it's literally like I. It was literally I built that originally for what I was doing, and then Jeremy came to me with the idea for doing the yeah. Outsiders podcast, and it's literally like. It just this is what it came. This is it's what, awesome. It's worth, yeah. you know. But it's it's crazy what you could do with but like on the top shit of that, that's like, laying around. Every time I come in here, there's an upgrade. There's an yeah. upgrade, which I, I love, and I, I see him enjoy it. And sometimes I feel bad, and I look at him like, no, nah, he likes this. Okay, it's okay. No, 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 dude, listen. It's stre- sometimes it's uh-huh. stressful as hell, but I do like doing it because this is like a problem, yeah. and you can figure it out. And right. I treat it like, all right, this is a game, and I always want to get the yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, always want to be better than somebody else at what they're And like, it's funny you say that. It's like one of my biggest, I guess, obstacles is. I'll make something, and then I'm like, oh, wait, we can make it better. Exactly. And I'm like, I'm never going to finish this because no, I keep no. adding, yeah. but that's, like that's, adding that's layers, and layers and layers and layers. I've learned that. I've learned not to complicate things, complicate yeah. things with that. For me, my, my creative value, my art is experiences. Yeah. So I love creating something amazing and being like, like the destination trips. And that's a beautiful thing. And looking back and watching how people enjoy yeah. it and see them love it, and I'm like, it's okay, that's my, that's my art. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds cheesy. Yeah, no, but it's, it's I true. Like, like, I like my, that. My wife asked me, what, like, holidays come around, birthdays. She's like, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your birthday? I'm like, an experience. I want to go snowboarding for a week. Yeah. I want to go to Montana, horseback ride. I want to be a cowboy for a week. Like, yeah. that's the shit I want to do. And she's like, no, seriously. I'm like, that's, no, that's, that's exactly what I want. Like, I don't need anything else. I don't want anything. Yeah. Like, I have everything. I have my family. I have you. I have, we have a house. Well, we have a roof. I yeah. was like, like that's. I want to experience. I want to be able to tell the kids about something that we did that's wild and crazy or this hike that we yeah. did or this mountain that we climbed. There's two things they say you can spend your money on to enrich yourself as a human being. Education and experiences. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I was talking to Jordan about this when she was in here. Uh, she's thinking about going back to school. I, I spent the most time with her when we went on the design trip. And what I found fascinating about her, and she loved that I said this, I'm surprised no one's ever told her this, but how knowledge hungry she is. So yeah. whenever we talked about something and she didn't quite know, she was like Googling it. And yeah, then she, it was, we had like 13 or 14 plus hours in a vehicle, right? Over a course of a week. And uh, talking to her, like anytime we talked about something, she's like looking it up and then talking about it and informing me. I, I learned so much shit because 
she was uh yeah. she was googling it so i think that's important to have like that, that the thirst for for knowledge and then i think people who have that also have that yeah. thirst for experience i mean you got like there's there was another saying it's like if if you learn something new you get to live the next day. like you you got to learn something every day in order to see the next day but yeah like, i mean i never to me it's like you always you got to always be learning like it's that's life well I think, uh, you know, the story about people who retire and then like end up yeah. being lazy and do nothing and they die really yeah. soon after retirement. I yeah. think people need to always challenge themselves. That's what it is. And life is about the constant challenge, yeah. right? doesn't mean you got to be struggling all the time, but you got to involve a little yeah. struggle, keep your mind sharp. That's what it is. Um, so like, you know, people talk about if you've never had to work again, I'm, I'm, I have to find a problem to yeah. solve, you know, it doesn't have to be like saving the world. I mean, if I can't, great, but like, yeah. Something that keeps me sharp. That's what it is. Like, yeah. my dad is 70. He'll be 71 in June. You look at him, you think he's, like, 50 years old. Like, he's a yeah. young dude, but he's always on the move. He's doing something yeah. every day. <laughs> cleaning out the garage. I'm like, Dad, sit down. Wait, what's your dad's name? Because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> is it my yeah. dad? <laughs> like, he doesn't stop. And I'm like, Dad, like, you got to chill. Yeah. Or he'll come to my house and start cleaning out the garage. Like, my he did this the same weekend. way. My dad is so bad. He's got two speeds. Yeah, it's... 100 it's, miles per hour yeah. or sleep. That's like, it. I'm, I go visit him and he's like doing this errand, doing this, yeah. clearing this out, all this stuff. He won't stop moving. And then we sit down to eat and he falls asleep with food in his mouth. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yo, listen, my, so my father is—he just turned eighty-seven. Wow! And he literally goes so for—he go, he goes for like, dude, he walks from where we live on Ninth Street. He'll walk all the way down to like Seventh Street on Bergamon. Yeah, and then walk all the way back. That's, it but keeps him sharp. Yeah. Exactly. That's his thing. Like, dad, I, I, I'm gonna walk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Call me if you need me. You know. But this this funny because there's people out there who need to be told to go walk. Yeah. He's walking. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, I gotta go. I'm gonna go for a walk. Cool. I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. I'll be back in two That's just one yeah. of the most health, healthiest things you can do is walk, actually. Yeah. You, know, you gotta the, get out, man. Fresh air and just. Yeah, outside, mind, active, man. and get social. Outside. You know, so you know what a blue zone is? The blue, there's five blue zones in the world. There's areas in the world where people live, so to be like centenarians, like over 100, but not necessarily over 100, but all on tons of medicine. They're actually healthy living into their okay. hundreds. And um, they've done studies as to why. In these parts of the world, these people are living so long and, and healthy. So there's things, factors like diet, of course, yeah. uh, their activity, and their social their social life. Like community, really is something we need. Uh, we need to be moving. We need to be out, you know, active. So uh, and obviously eat somewhat healthy. So Sardinia, where we're going, is a blue zone. Yeah, and um, I have to be honest, when I was there, I felt super healthy from the food, the activity. It's the climate, man. The climate, the, the food. Not like just you're the eating climate. fish, like yeah. But it's not just that. There's, there's other places like South. There's one in South Calif in Southern California. There's one in in uh, Okinawa, Japan. There's uh, you know, Greek islands. So yeah, I guess I guess climates that are more conducive to to fish as yeah. well. But yeah, it's it's insane like how important it is to be active. But yeah. the co community aspect is one that's overlooked. Yeah. You diet and all that, but be a loner and not no, be man, healthy. You, you walk by somebody, say hello, like it's it's nice yeah like when, you, when someone acknowledges you like good morning uh, good morning yeah, yeah it doesn't sound like it's more like where it's fish it's more like they have climates where they can be active like all year yeah. long well active all year round but they also it's there's other climates that are active all year round you can be active all year round but they don't have a sense of community and they, they found studies yeah. that the community is what also a huge factor for them like you know what i do when i see a homeless man i may not have money to give him i may not want to give him, i don't know whether to spend it on but i always acknowledge him yeah I will say, sorry, you can't. And, and what's funny is because you see people, like, they're invisible to a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, they'll walk around, jump. Yeah. yeah. But when I say something, they, they light up. They're like, 
Hey, man, man, have too, a great right? day. Yeah. Yeah, people too. And I agree. I just, I just, uh, I think, I think it just goes back to saying like the community aspect and, and being around people and getting acknowledgement or whatever. I, mean, I it is. love like my, my favorite thing in the world is just be outside with other people, walking around, talking, small talk, long talk, whatever it is. Well, you belong in outsiders. I'm, uh, I'm What's like up? a social butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like everyone's like, oh, why didn't you do that? I'm like, I can't sit in a cubicle and work yeah. on myself all Same. day. Like, I'll lose my mind. You know, I was thinking about it. Like, I have friends of mine that work in finance that make a whole lot yeah. more money than I do. And I think to myself, like, I hear them talk to me sometimes. And I'm like, like, super jealous about my lifestyle. Yeah. And, and I'm fortunate enough to be doing i think what i i feel like i'm doing what i'm meant to do i found that with outsiders like it feels great and that i mean that's uh, the key to success right there 100 percent. but also it's like the the freedom i have for working yeah. myself but also doing these fun outdoor things and i know it has potential i'm not making uh the kind of money i need to yet yeah, yeah. but, but i know it'll get there i mean it's the same thing with anybody like everyone's yeah. like are oh, you making i'm like i'm not worried about that yet. yeah like it's it's gonna come yeah like i'm building the foundation right now it's, but it's, it's making all, you happy and that's the I'm most happy, important yeah. part I mean, you know, as as long as you have food on the table, of course, yeah. that's that's important. I mean, like but. everything else, there's up and downs. Is it's a roller coaster, right? Yeah. You know, there's some days it's like shit. Is it worth it? And then there's other days where you talk to people like you, and it's like, no, like, did you did you hear what he told me the other day? Like you think back and you're like, no, oh, this is this is yeah. be, this is amazing. This is kick ass. And it's like, all right, that's what I needed. I need that that, that light under my ass, like yeah. that fire. Oh, for sure. And it, it just makes you appreciate what you're doing a lot more than you know, because you're 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 your biggest demon. You know, like you're oh for sure. You know, the, the battles. I'm toughest <laughs> critic. My, you know, uh, my therapist once said like, if you're if you had a friend that was saying all the things that your mind says to you, would you be friends with yeah, them? Hell no. I'm like I would knock them out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's something to keep in mind for sure. Uh, what's your life like now? You got your family, man. You're married. Yeah, I'm um, married of almost 11, ten years. Really, ten years, July 14. Where did you meet your wife? It's funny. We actually knew each other growing up uh, in Brooklyn through church. Uh, family knew each other, but we never really talked. And then one day, I saw her at a mutual friend's house around the corner from my parents' house, and I was just like. I'm gonna marry this girl one day. Really? Yeah, I just it just knew, came to you I like just that. You right away. I haven't met anyone like that, man. And <laughs> it's crazy. Like she, I found out she was working at um, this beauty salon around the corner from my old apartment, and I went in every Friday for almost like six months straight and bought gel. And <laughs> she used to be like, "What the hell are you doing with this?" I was like, "Ah, oh, I just like to try a different product and." see which one i like and she was like all right so you almost worked your way out of that marriage my guy <laughs> this guy's nuts um but we became really good friends like this was back when like the sunday brunch parties were popping and like bagatelle and yeah. Oh, yeah. so like i'm like oh come out with me come out with me i'm like we're gonna go out and like she came a few times and came to, she came to my 30th birthday i remember and uh where was that at we did that at Bagatelle. Okay. Um, and my dad was there. My sisters were there. My best friend was there. And she was about to leave early. And my friend goes up to her. And, you, and my uh, friend Lisa at the time was like, you can't leave right now. Like, you're going to crush him. Like, this kid is in love with you. And I was like, like, they told me this, like, weeks after. She ended up saying, we ended up talking further. And um, I ended up inviting her to dinner one night a few weeks later. And we went out. It was to a... A nonprofit for um, something for the Kids Foundation in New York City. I forgot mm -hmm. which one. She came to me on that and went to Morimoto for dinner after. And that was like our first date. And then. Okay, fancy. We didn't. <laughs> no, like, I was like, I was trying, I was trying, yeah. like, we were like yeah. nothing. She kissed me and that was it. 
And then we didn't talk. She kissed you. Like we kissed that night uh. and then we didn't kiss for like six weeks later. I was like, what? I need another friend. And she was like, no, no, I want you to be a friend. I was like, nah, I don't need a friend. Like I'm going to end this. And I ended it. She came back, ended it again. Cause she was like, no, nah, I just want to be friends. I was like, all right, this is over. And then my mom's birthday on October 8th was like, that was the day we became boyfriend, girlfriend. And we've been together ever since. Wow. That's but I funny. knew from like day one, man, like that was the girl I was well, going to well, marry. I'm curious about this. It's, it's my, persistence, and that's what. That's but I'm saying, like, where I am. no, I, obviously. But now I'm saying, how did you like, know? I don't know. I just I, the, I my brother, like, my twin brother, said the same thing about Katie, his wife. He just knew. I just knew like, right away. Like I don't know what it was. It was just I looked at. It, I was like, holy shit, I'm gonna marry this girl, and she had no idea. I, I knew, but I knew I was gonna marry her. <laughs> <She had no idea. laughs> Here we are now, three, like three kids into it. And wow. I laugh at her all the time. Like, remember those times you pushed me away? Look. Yeah. Like I got three kids now. Ha <laughs> 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 ha! Jokes on you. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's 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 great. It's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. You know, she she's awesome. She's an optometrist. Um, she's a hustler. She she grinds. She has a side job where she just costume jewelry on the side. Um, but she's always working. She's like. It's funny, it's it's crazy, but like I, I kind of married my dad. She's the same oh, the hustle, son as yeah. him. Yeah, like they, they don't stop always thinking. So they must get along like crazy. They're the best of friends. Really? Like I'll be sitting down on the couch at ten thirty at night, like falling asleep. She'll get up off the couch. Oh, Alex, let's um let's rearrange the closet. And I'm like, What? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, no. I'm going to bed. I'm like already three sheets in. And she's like, No, I gotta do this. I'm like, Okay, I'm you could do whatever you want. I'm going to bed. Yeah. I'm going to sleep. And she'll be up till 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, rearranging shit, like putting shit away. Like just, she's constantly working. Yeah. Non-stop. And she's, she is my dad. I tell and her all What's the time. her uh, background? So also, also Syrian Lebanese. Really? Yeah. Exactly the same uh -huh. background as you? Yeah. That's insane. Same neighborhood. But like we never, like I said, we never really hung out, talked, just crossed paths. And That's wild. one day I was just like, this is it. Oh, I aspire for that, my I guy. Know. One day, not one that I. Listen, I like, never thought I'd be married, and here I am, ten years. Really? Away. Yeah. Wow. So, it's uh, a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. What? So, okay, let's get back to any bag then. <laughs> um, it's uh, how old is this company? Uh, three years old. Three years we old. started it in when did the pandemic hit? Three years ago. Oh, really? So we launched it February twenty twenty. Yeah. Shut it down March. And then brought it back a year later. Why did you shut it down? Because of the pandemic? No one knew what the hell was going on. Yeah. I was like, I had to keep the factory busy. We transitioned to like PPE, PPE, not yeah. the PPP. We yeah, transitioned yeah, yeah. to PPE, started making masks, gowns, anything we could to just keep the factory busy. Yeah. Uh, we shut down for a total of maybe two weeks. Okay. And then I brought, all my employees were like, no, we want to work. So made we ramped up the factory. And then, um, you know, we, we never stopped. That's funny. During the pandemic, when it first hit, um, after I was... I was sick for the first two, three weeks, but a friend of mine who has a fabrication company reached out to me. He and I had a, a little business uh, summer 2016. We took over a parking lot and made this like pop-up beer garden food festival thing for the whole Very summer. Cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, but he reached out to me because he knew my business was like experiential. I was like, yeah. mostly, my, most of my income was all nightlife. I had, I had started Outsiders already, but we were only doing once a month, selling out, but it was just once a month. Yeah. Um, he reached out to me because he got commissioned by the city to make uh, face shields. Okay. So he hit me up. He said, Yo, I'll pay you 30 bucks an hour. I know you got nothing going on. 
it's like 10 hours a day, four days a week. And I did. And it was funny. It was, yeah. uh, it's just, you know, bringing this manual work that was like soothing, yeah. you know, and I got to, because uh, all I had to do was like, I was basically like the line. I put yeah, it's all, yeah, it's assembly line. Um, <clears throat> the great thing was I went through like four audio books in two, two weeks doing that. And I had something to wake up to and do something, you know, like it gave me a purpose yeah. for whatever three weeks I was doing. And that's that. kind of like what we're doing with anybody. There's a purpose yeah. behind it. It's mission driven. Yeah. But I mean, COVID like kind of screwed us up big time. We're still coming out of that hole. Yeah. You know, like all my customers, like we're only working maybe four of them from fire. Everybody mm. else is new, but we kept, we retained all our employees. I never let anybody go. And that like, says a lot. Yeah. You know, like without them, I'm nothing, you know, like I, I can't operate the factory without them. So I was like, I got to keep them on. And yeah. That's what I did. Something my father told me at a very early age. It's like at a very, very early start of the, the factory. It's like your employees are everything. You have to yeah. treat them right. You know, take care of them because they'll take care of you in the end. Yeah, man, I'm learning that myself with the outsiders in these new uh, cities. It's like if I don't have somebody to take on the responsibility of being out there and and doing everything that we need them to do, I don't have a company. Yeah. So I no, love it's my very hands on. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's nice working with your hands or creating stuff and well, for just sure. being able to put that, you know, that thing, to, whatever that thing together is. And it's like you see it happening and it's like it's like it's an orchestra. How did you get the word out there? I mean, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't necessarily hire a PR company. You got in. I do it all myself. It's all like, mom. We're like the epitome of mom and pop. But what was the break that got you like the the. I guess the the like shoe shoe was the first person I saw repost you. Yeah, shoe. How did these people find you? Instagram. I don't know, but like friends of friends. I know we have friends of friends. friends. That's all it was. It was just getting the word out, promoting. Like, hey, you know, who do you know? Networking and talking to people, and just breaking out of the shell that I was stuck in in the factory. Just you know, I tell everybody I can make the latest and greatest, but it's ten nine out of ten times it just sits on my shelf in the in the office. Until somebody walks in and sees it, like, oh shit, what is that? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this? Yeah. And I, you know, I do the song and dance and tell them. That, but, you know, for me, it was like, I got to get the word out there for any bag. And I just reached out to everybody that either owed me a favor. I was like, no way. Miranda Carroll, like, who's been impersonating her? And right. I was like, I looked up the eye, I was like, oh shit, this really is her. Yeah. And then she DM'd me right after. She was like, I love your mission. I love your project. And she was one of the first collabs we did. Would collab how? We did, uh, she has Cora Organics, which is a beauty line. And she was launching a sustainable like makeup uh, or cream cleanser oh, nice. or whatever. And we did a bag that was like all turquoise that matched her brand, her her company. And uh, but we always stayed in touch. And it's like, yeah, it was funny. And it just, I mean, the beauty of it is you when you have a genuinely great product, yeah. authentic to your to your morals yeah. and values. I mean, good product no sales. Way. That's it. Well, yeah, but also a good product, but a great story and, and a good dude, a good mission. Authenticity yeah. is super important. You know, like we, we say it about the factory, like the, we are the most authentic factory or authentic business in New York City. We've been there for 40 years. Yeah. There's not many of us left. And it's like we're employing local New Yorkers. Are you the only factory in that area? I'd say we are the largest and oldest operating factory in New York City mm. right now. Um, everybody else, I'd say, is boutique. So it's like maybe three employees, four employees. Oh, wow. But I don't think anybody has 40 employees, 36, 30, uh, yeah, 36 employees like we do. Nice. But um, yeah, we operate out of like 9,000 square feet between the fifth and the fourth floor. But, um, you know, we, we make everything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can't make other than, you know, footwear and apparel. What's priority for you? Priority for me, um, it's starting to shift to any bag. But for me, it's, you know, to, to create jobs and keep the yeah. factory busy and... 
feed all the mouths that, that work there and the families. And that's kind yeah. of why we did the PPE. I was like, all my employees have families. They have bills. They have mouths to feed. They have kids. They have families. Yeah. I couldn't just see them, you know, like, what are you guys going to do? How are you going to collect money? No, I hear you. And, you know, I could have walked away. I would have been like, all right, you know, it's fine. We're going to take a year off a break and figure it out. But I saw them. I was like, no, you guys... Like you guys gotta stay busy. It's a lot of uh, responsibility on your shoulders, and that's that's what it came down to for me. I was like, I, I took a pay cut that year. I, I I didn't make any money. It was just more for yeah for the employees, and, and now we're starting to dig out of that hole. Yeah, but um, you know, it's yeah, but loyalty gets you a long way. You know, and that's what I always say. Like I pride myself in the story, our authenticity, who we are, what we're creating. You know, like the you know when you walk in, it's it's my family. You yeah. know, that's I saw that. I mean, I the first person I met was you your know, sister. <laughs> yeah, like it's, yeah, my sisters work with yeah. me. My brother's the only one that got out of it. Uh, he's a chef in Brooklyn, and um, but like you know, like spend more time in the factory than I spend at home. So it's like yeah, you got to create that you know that that chemistry, that harmony. And like three or four years ago in August, which was pretty cool. That's why like we're nice. on we're in JFK with our snowboards. Everybody's yeah. go to a beach. Exactly. Yeah, all our snow gear. Patagonia's on my list for but sure. It was one of the most beautiful experiences ever. Yeah. We uh, I just got an itinerary for Patagonia actually the awesome. Argentinian side. Um, and uh, I'm gonna do it for my grandmother because she's like she I was talking to her today and she's asking me how everything's going. Like I wanna do that because she's been told she fell in love with Patagonia from the Jules Verne book. And I wanted to take her, but now she's like, I'm, I can't go. You it's know? gorgeous. Man. So I want to go because she follows all my Instagram, likes everything, That's sends awesome. me tons of stuff. <laughs> and I want to go, yeah, go for her. <laughs> um, yeah, of course. Um, oh, and my, I ski, I don't snowboard, but I skied in uh, Hokkaido, Japan. That was very cool. That was, like, that was on the list during, I think, when COVID hit. We, we went in February that. 2020, <laughs> yeah. right before. Yeah, I got stuck in, what is it, uh, uh, Banff. During when the COVID, when COVID hit, where in Banff in uh, British British Columbia, Vancouver. Really, we were skiing St. Louis. We went hell skiing one day. We were supposed to go the second day, and that's when they started closing down um, JFK and the airports. And my wife called me and she was like, "Get your ass home now before I come up there and drag you home." Yeah, because I'm not being stuck here. I'm not getting stuck here with three kids while you're skiing Oof. out there. Not for your health and wellness. No, <laughs> yeah. she's not getting like, stuck. She's like, "Don't don't don't get me stuck exactly. here." Exactly. All right. Um, Let's see what else. What are your goals and dreams? That's a very oh, goals generic, and dreams, man. Uh, but what stands out? You know, knowing the way your mind works. I mean, from what I know already. For me, it's just to raise my kids right, properly, and you know, make sure that they're good people when they get older. Do you no. have any more? No, I'm done. I'd love to have more, but I can't. Really, Three. you just want to have more? Yeah, I, I started off at six. Like when we started talking, I was like, I want six kids, and my wife thought I was nuts. And then we had two, and I was like, you know, what? three could be enough. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I come from a family of five, so I'm used yeah. to just the, the pots and pans when you walk into like a, a circus. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, I'm used to that. So um, I just, I like a big family. And then uh, we had three, and I was like, you know, this is, I'm content. Yeah, it's good. This is good. Uh, I see Bam's moving. So I haven't seen you move this much behind the camera in. Oh uh, no, ever. dude, my, the headphone. The, the, I think I pulled the jack, so <laughs> I heard a lot oh. of hissing and shit. Gotcha. I'm like, what's going on over here? It's like, did it break? And he's just not telling us that it stopped recording. No, 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 <laughs> We're no, just no, talking. No. no, if it stopped recording, I let you know. It's my headphones. Kept, I kept hearing a weird hiss, and it's because I pulled them at the mic. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I was one of the questions is what motivates you to keep on pursuing your dreams, but your kids and I'm yeah. sure your passion for everything and, and anybody making sure anybody you know becomes what I expect it to become. 
I got a question for you. So when you saw Jordan posting about us, what was your favorite part of the Outsiders? What like, drew, drew you to it? The trips you were on. I was like, this yeah. is everywhere, I, every place I want to go that yeah. like I can't organize or I need someone to tell me where to go. And like, this is where you, you should go hike. And like, so when the I convenience saw it, like, factor. Convenience. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, this is like a concierge. I could just yeah. show up and this is the hike, the trail we're going to do. And yeah. like, just follow the leader. Basically, yeah. Because um, I'm terrible at planning, so it's like... Are you? Yeah, I'm horrible. Because you plan so much for work, you just don't want to... Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Like, when I go on vacation, the last thing I want to do is plan. It's funny, when I go on vacation I'm for myself, yeah. um, I'm not one with an itinerary. Yeah, I don't... I like... I know I'm going to meet interesting people. I always happen to stumble yeah. and draw that energy, whatever you want to yeah. say. And then, I mean, I know where kind of the spots I might want to hit up. Yeah. I'll just go with the floor. Especially now that I'm organizing all these trips for work. When I travel, like I went to Mexico City and we had a couple of days after the group. And I was just like, let's just walk through the streets. Yeah, get lost. Yeah, let's get lost. It's fun. I mean, that's oh, the best that's my way favorite to do part. it. And like, no one goes there. Don't go there. Yeah, exactly. But no, this is what so and so said. It's all the time. But like five. certain trips, like you're going to do yeah. Zion National Park or uh -huh. whatever you do, you want an itinerary. Yeah. It's like, you want to make sure you get the, you hit the, right the spots. Yeah. There's so much to see there. And that's all I want. Like, I, I, yeah. I just love that. Like, gotcha. my. On my bucket list is running a marathon. I might be doing the half marathon this weekend. I'm not sure yet. Fingers crossed. Um, but it's like, I just want to get outside and experience everything. Like the, it's the great outdoors for me. Well, one of our partners is on running, and they actually have a uh, a shoe that's biodegradable. I think I, I forgot what it is, but basically, it's like a membership. You get these shoes, and it you when you wear them through, or you return them, and then they, they give they you break a new pair, but they they break them down or reuse whatever they reuse or they actually can decompose somehow. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a lot of companies now, they like, they break the shoes down into pellets and then re reform them into new shoes. Yeah. But uh, that, that's like the future. That's so if you're going to run a marathon, I'll put you in touch. Yeah. Do a it's on my bucket list. I hate running, but it's on my bucket list. Because I, <laughs> I ran in high school and I hated it. Track? Yeah. What was your event? Uh, you're going to laugh. High hurdles. High hurdles, yeah. really? <laughs> that's tough. As short as I am, that was my event. I was actually ranked fifth in the city my junior year. Really? High school, yeah. So high hurdles is that how how far? Uh, I did the fifty-five, the hundred, and the four hundred. Fifty-five is indoor, right? Yeah. Okay. I oh, ran I track. Question, how high are hurdles? Like how are they, are they always the same height? High. Thirty-three inches. But high hurdles. Yeah, the I don't know. Like they're high, man. But I mean, they they're it's a consistent height, yeah, right? Yeah. They don't they don't change. Oh, no, no, okay. it's, it's one height. Yeah. Everybody started doing three steps in between. I, my legs didn't grow as long as they as everybody else did, so I did five steps. Yeah. <laughs> so I was always one step behind, and that was it. Yeah, but you but you were yeah. right. That's crazy. I uh, ran track. I played basketball in college, right? But I was – now, for a basketball player, I was, like, the fastest in the conference. So the, the track coach comes in the weight room one day, like, off-season. He's like, we need some more athletes. My coach comes up to me. He goes, you guys could run in the track meets. You don't have to go to practice. You up for it? I'm like – yeah, let's go yeah, meet let's my go. two of my teammates. We went. The team was so the first meet we went to was so bad. Like basketball players, first defense, long jump. Who wants to do it? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm up first, so I don't watch the other guys run. So I'm running from like what you would be like the three point line. Yeah. These other guys are running from like 50 yards out, and I'm jumping, and I jump six feet past our longest long jumper. That's how bad the team was. <laughs> I come in second in the meet, and the guy who's like big, he, his last jump beat me. And I'm jumping like a basketball player. You're supposed to jump. I'm just jumping like this. <laughs> I did that event a few times. It wasn't easy. But my, my events were definitely like the 4x100, yeah, 200. Yeah. That's what I was actually sprints, decent yeah. at. Yeah. Until we went to uh, CW Post for a D1 meet. Nice. I get on the line at 100. 
The first 40, I'm there. I, I got a quick first step. Shot the baton? Uh-huh. No, no, oh. it was a, just a hundred. Oh, just, okay. Just a hundred. For first 40, I'm there. All of a sudden, these D1 athletes, afterburners come on, and they just, and I'm like, do Fly. I bother finishing? Because, like, I'm like, <laughs> check, please. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I'll, have a, I'll have a cappuccino, please. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, and, and then in college, I played rugby on the team, on like the, the club really? team. Yeah, Oof, that's a tough. Had sport. A fun time. That was fun. Wait, so how was the scrum? Cause you used to, you, how was the scrum for me to do your size? I was the wing guy. The one time I played scrum, I broke my whatever this, the, my forearm. Oh, yeah. shit. And I didn't know it was broken until like an hour after the game, because <laughs> like I went to pick something. I was like, oh shit, I that hurts. Yeah. I went to get an X-ray, and the guy was like, "You're, there's a clean break." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "You don't feel this?" I was like. No, I don't feel it. He goes, can you rotate it? I was like, yeah, it kind of, a little hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little he, stiff. And he shows <laughs> me the picture. He's like, yeah, it's broken all the way through, man. <laughs> and I was in a cast for like almost six months. That's because bone breaks. Uh, eight weeks, sorry. I've broken many bones and bone breaks a, And then I broke a collarbone yeah. snowboarding once on okay, Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. That my wife was on her bachelorette, and I was in Strat and hit a soft patch. Did a tumble, two flips, second flip. I went, Oh, that hurt. Ah, that one hurt. That. Yeah. I uh, tried to get up. I was like, "Yep, something's wrong." Yeah. Stand up. And then my buddy's uh, dad was a uh, was a uh, he worked on the ski patrol. He came down. He's like, "Alex, is that you?" And I was like, "Yeah, Mr. Condren, how's it going?" <laughs> yeah. He goes, "What the fuck happened?" Like, I don't know. I hit a, I hit a soft spot. Yeah. Can you give but, me a lift? <laughs> I was like, "Can you take me down?" He goes, "Yeah, hop on." Um, what is a dream that you've yet to achieve? Oh, a dream that's yet to. Um, I don't know, man. Like it's it's funny. I, I like I, I was just telling my my brothers and sisters the other day. It's like there's nothing in life that I haven't wanted that I wasn't able to get. Okay. Well, yeah. You got your wife. Yeah. Like your it's, if you, you want kids, something, yeah. I always say like if you really want something, you'll do whatever it takes to to attain that. I agree. And like that's where, there, where there's a will, there's a way. You know, like it's yeah. it's persistence, it's determination. I don't know, like some wild shit, maybe like going going to space. Like I don't know, I, that, I think that's pretty space cool. You want to do? I'll go I'd to space. Love to, yeah, I'd love to be an astronaut. It's <laughs> crazy guy. Like, I want to do something wild. Like, that's what I want to do. You know, like scuba that. Like I just love exploring. Like, wants to go to space. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's all my bucket list. Said that. All right. Um, maybe you could put I went to space on a bag yeah, like, afterwards. Imagine, like how cool would that yeah. be. Yeah, you do partnership with like Virgin Atlantic, yeah. or Virgin Galactic. Um, hey, Mr. Bronson, what's going on? You want to get a call? I'm going to save the world of plastic, but in the meantime, you want to take me to space? I'm down. It's one of the most interesting responses we got to that question. <laughs> what uh, What's your most embarrassing moment? Uh, embarrassing. Let's see. <sighs> embarrassing. Embarrassing. I don't know. That's a good one. Um. I don't feel like bringing up the best, but maybe we do it every time we do it. I mean, going to, to the going to a hair salon and buy gel every week to just to, to talk like, to a girl—that's yeah, like self-inflicted yeah, embarrassment. Yeah, that was like <laughs> I was laying the you know I was I was laying so I was like ah this is gonna work <laughs> yeah, if I keep buying gel. Yeah. Embarrassing. I have no idea. Uh, I'm gonna come back to that. Let me think. All right. All right. Uh, it's gonna come to me. Because I've done a lot of embarrassing things in my life, trust me. Uh, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to share about yourself? Um, anything you want to plug also? 
No, I mean, this has been a great conversation. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about, we've touched, touched on a lot of subjects. Uh, but I mean, for me, I'd say it's, a lot of my upbringing, I'd say, is all about family. It's a big part of my life. Um, that makes it so right when one walks into your factory. You know, like it's, it's being around your, your loved ones, like your, your family comes first. Um, you know, you could have the best friends in the world, but yeah, you know, your family never leaves you. Yeah, man. And uh, I, I think that's an important part. It's just it's, it's something like you always got to be cognizant about. Yeah. And just remember. Your parents still together? Yeah. It's beautiful. Together. Well, I'm, I'm 41. They got married. They'll probably be together for 44 years. Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest of five, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm the oldest as well. My, 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 my brother and I, I have, two, I have a twin brother. Yeah, that's crazy. So we're the oldest. I think that's wild. I always, but we, don't look, we don't look like, like twins. We're fraternal twins. So yeah, I'm still they're fascinated. Like night, they're like night and day. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that. <laughs> I think that's the most bizarre thing. I think it's identical so cool. twins are bizarre. It's so cool. Regular twins are like siblings born at the same time. Actually, physiologically, that's what we are. Yeah. But identical twins, my brother and I were watching this documentary on like identical twins and how they had they had like extremely parallel lives and they lived together. like we were looking at each other like what the hell's wrong with these people? <laughs> it's crazy. It's wild. Yeah, it's nuts. Like we always like when, when we were like trying to get pregnant and I was like, oh Ron, it's like imagine if we have twins. And she's like, no. <laughs> I, don't, I was like, no, I think that'd be pretty cool. Like imagine yeah. two kids, bang, like it's done. We got two kids out, like good. Like then we have another kid, and we're happy. Yeah. But she was like, no, no, no. You, you trying to kill me? <laughs> it's a lot of strain in the yeah. body. Um. All right, so last, you, if you got an embarrassing moment I'm yet? I'm trying to think, like, I don't know. Like, All right, give him the, one of the best. Right. Right. Get, the best was Ken, right? Ken Javier was good, yeah, but I, think, yeah, Ken I used Tanaka to think Javier's was better, but now I think Ken is Ken Tanaka is probably the best story. All right, Ken Tanaka, I got introduced to this guy. He's good, good dude, entertaining dude. He's one of us. <clears throat> he. Um, oh, yeah, give a shout-out to uh, Wish for Fish. Wish for Fish. He, so basically, I know him from Nightlife, but he was in Nightlife right before I was. There was a little overlap. And then uh, he left Nightlife and did like some film stuff and then worked for some, he moved to, he's originally of Japanese descent, but he's born and raised. I think he's born in the States, but he's definitely raised in the States. Um, anyway, he is passionate about fly fishing and he ended up becoming a full-time fly, professional fly fisherman thanks to things like YouTube. And <clears throat> so he's not a YouTuber, he gets pissed off when we say that, <laughs> but he's a YouTuber. <laughs> but he's also, he's like a... a He'd be like a like a lower Manhattan like fly fisherman because he wears like Supreme oh, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. newest Nikes. And, like, I mean, so he's, he's like undercover fly fisher. Yeah. But it's funny. He's, he's like, the fly, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's a good dude. He's an interesting character. So, but his embarrassing story is he's very active. He's likes climbing and all that. But he ran the New York City Marathon while he had food poisoning. Ah, so awesome. at every mile marker, he had to take a shit. So twenty six. He's finished. A, it took him eight hours and twenty six or twenty seven shits later. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Nope. You know, it's funny. Like you're talking about you know, number two, but like yeah. that, like that's usually always uh, like the most embarrassing moment. Oh, for sure. Like I, I think mean, we've had three people talk about. You know, like a few weeks ago, I was on the express bus on, on my way home, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all of a sudden, I got the sweats. I'm like, oh, shit. oh I'm yeah. Like, and I just got on the bus. I'm like, oh my god, am I gonna make <laughs> it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Am I gonna make it? Oh my god, am I gonna get out on 23rd Street before we get on the highway because I'm not gonna survive? We're hitting the bumps. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm standing, like standing in the seat, like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god. And then I see my my sister-in-law. She gets on. She's sitting down next to me. She's like, Alex, what's wrong? I was like, I can't talk right now. 
<laughs> well, she was like, I'm concentrating. I remember passing out for like five minutes, and then as soon as we got to our stop in Bay Ridge, or we get off in Bay Ridge, 69th Street, I'm like, do I get out and just run? Like, I, I don't know. What do I do? You now? can't exert yourself. I was like, do I, do I run right now? Do I get out? Do I sit here? Finally get to my stop, and Mar- Mariana's like, all right, Alex. I'm like, all right, later, and I just book. And I get to the house, and I, see, I run into the house, and kids look at me like, whoa, whoa. I run to the bathroom, and she calls, she comes out later. She's like, Alex, is everything all right? She's like, I was like, Mars, I thought I was going to shit my pants on the bus the whole ride home. And you're sitting there talking to me, and I'm sweating. And it was like the dead of winter, so it's freezing, and I'm just drenched. And she was like, you didn't look too good. I was like, yeah, I thought I was going to have an accident on the express bus. As an adult. And like, in my head, I'm like, am I going to be that guy that gets off the bus and everyone's going to look at me like, yeah, he's going to shit his pants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you avoided that. Yeah. So. It happened once in, in college, graduation as well in college. It was 92 degrees out. We went on a bender the night before. We went, waited for McDonald's to open up that morning. Had the egg, the... What was it when they made the um, the pancake sandwich? Oh, the McGriddle or something? McGriddles. Yeah. So, like this was in the crate when McGriddles came out. Yeah. And I remember we had those and my mom and dad pick us up for graduation, pick up my friend Mike. We're in the car. My mom goes, you guys smell like shit. I was like, yeah, it was a long night last night. Last night, and we're, all, we're all having a good time. Uh, meanwhile, I streaked our graduation uh, family night dance. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right after my parents left, my, my, boy, my boy John Mann was standing next to me. I was like, yo, John, hold my suit. He goes, why? I go, just hold my suit. <laughs> <laughs> I just streaked right through gradu- the, 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 the family night dance, and everyone, it was hysterical. So that's not when you had a shit, right? Yeah, that, and okay. then the next day, I had to shit my pants, and gotcha. I sat through three hours of graduation in the beating sun and passed out for about an hour. That's how bad it was. And woke woke up and like, oh, shit, what's going on? And then we were finally going into the auditorium and I was like, all right, detour. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. You got a nice embarrassing story there. Yeah. Uh, happens to the best of us. Um, all right. So the last few questions are five rapid fire questions, but I added a six for you. Um, so just whatever comes to mind when I first yeah. ask, you know how it works. Uh, favorite city other than New York City? Uh, I'd say Florence, Italy. Really? Why Florence? Studied abroad there in 2003. Um, a lot of people study abroad in Florence. And I just yeah. know the city. Like, the, you know, like I could walk around. Like, I have friends there, family. Really? Okay. It's, I feel at home. Nice. That's, that's actually what I feel like makes the city the best is the people you know there. Yeah. Uh, if you could do any other profession, what would you do? Fireman. Really? Yeah. Did you ever, like, take, try to take that test? No, then? I just... I, I think it's such a cool, yeah. badass job. Shout out to Ifan. He's on our team, Mr. February. He made the Mr. February uh, oh, fireman calendar, but he's actually like a huge help for outsiders. One of my uh, friends, Jose Cordero, was, uh, I don't know which month he was, but I remember we got the calendar and my dad knows him too. So my dad took his shirt off and started flexing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we were sending it to him. Like it was you can't let him live it down, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you yeah. got to give him as much hell as you can. Like, this has been three years now, I think, yeah. since he finally made it. You, you, you can't really give a guy hell when he fucking has, like, an eight-pack. Yeah. Like, no, uh, no, 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 no. We're not no, giving no, him hell. You just, just got to bring people, bring awareness yeah, no, no, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. By the way, so I introduced him. Like, he's, he's one of, he's a FDNY. By the way, he's also Mr. February. <laughs> so he smiles until I say that, and he looks at me like, here, that's all. Yeah. Yo, you should, you, you need a, a giant print so you can just pull it out in the bus and just, and just open it up. One of those big heads. I'll print it. Give yeah. me the outboard print. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, that'd be hilarious. Actually, we should print it on our bag. <laughs> we could print it. We could print it. <laughs> all right. Uh, what's your vice? 
Um, I'm biting my nails. Really? Yeah, I, I, something I can't never been able to shake off. You don't seem to have like those. Nails. No, I take care of them. I'll file them down, yeah. but like, I get bored very easily, so mm. it just keeps me keeps me busy. That's uh, oral fix, fixation. Yeah. If you want to call, I don't know. All like, right, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's um, what's your greatest fear? Greatest fear. Um, I don't know. Like, not just not being able to provide for my family. I had a feeling you could say that. Yeah, yeah. like that's uh, like once once I have kids, once I start a family, like my whole everything, like my my whole perspective of life changed. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So if you weren't saving the world with plastics, what what charitable cause would you be doing? If it wasn't plastic and you want to save, what would you choose? Another one. Um. That speaks to you. I mean, just environmental, just cleaning, like keeping the outdoors clean. Like, you know, what you guys are doing with the trails and the cleanups and all that. Yeah. You know, for me, like, my solace is when I'm snowboarding and I'm, like, deep in the mountains, in the back back country, yeah. like, solo. And you just sit down and you look up and you're like, you don't hear anything but wind and snow and, like, the yeah. tree shaking. Like, to me, it's it's the most amazing, most beautiful thing in the world. And, like, people that don't snowboard or ski don't get it. Like, and I'll tell my wife, like, she's like, why do you have to? I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I've been doing this for 23 years now, snowboarding. Like, when I'm on the mountain, it's just me in the mountain. There's nothing yeah, especially else. Especially when there's an empty trail. Yeah. It's and like, magic. I don't think about anything else. Like, I'm completely clear-minded, yeah. free, focused, and it's just, there's only one way, like, one way yeah. down. That's it. So, Rin's just literally, like, just, uh, off topic. Well, on the topic, but off a thing. But um, <clears throat> Syringe just went to Norway to do the Northern Lights. Oh, Sick. Wow. And he said it's the... <clears throat> And like they were in, it was like 14 below, 40 mile an hour winds. Yeah. Everybody's sitting there behind the cameras pushing that shit. But he goes, it was crazy because yeah. the only thing you hear is you yeah. crunching the snow. You do, that's all you, you don't hear yeah. nothing. What's interesting is I think your mind is always on working, working, working. Yeah. So that's why being engaged in a manual task or skiing or something turns it off, which yeah. is why you're drawn to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, I mean, that's why I like basketball. Like, I could sports. very easily shut off. And, like, it's something my wife is amazed by. Like, we'll be sitting there. She's like, what do you think? And I'm like, nothing. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean? <laughs> you just reminded like, me of. I'm uh, like, I just shut. Like, I'm done. Like, no, like, it's either on or off. That's like, I've yeah. done everything I had to do today. Like, I'm like, I can't. It's funny. My, I was, uh, we're flying out of Mexico City for an outsider trip. And I was uh, on the same flight as my friend Javier in Georgia. And they're on the flight, like, they got the Wi-Fi, they're, they're reading, they're watching movies, and they look over at me, I'm just, like, either eyes are staring at the back of the seat. <laughs> it's like, they look at me like, you're psycho, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm getting a break right now, yeah. like, they can't reach, no one can reach me, I'm just enjoying, yeah. like, no, no stimulus. Yep. I'm just like, they're like, there's something wrong with you. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, I wouldn't say I'm like, it's, I always got to be doing something. Like, I'm always reading something or I'm listening to music. Um, but it's, like, just that shutdown or yeah. not thinking about, like, yeah, the world is on fire. You're right. But it's, like, no, nah, I'm good right now. Well, for me, that time place. on an airplane, for me, is when I've actually, airplanes have been when I've actually come up with great ideas. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll watch a movie on occasion. I'll, I'll read something. I'll listen to music. But sometimes I just like to sit back and let my mind work. Yeah. And just, like, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, take right? me on my journey. 
Yeah. The voices now. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like out of everyone in my family, I'm the most laid back, easygoing. And they're always like, Alex, like, where'd you come from? Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, nothing seems to bother you. And I'm like, life's short. You know, it could always be worse. I yeah. tell everybody, I'm like, you know, the house is on fire, but at least nobody died. Yeah. You know, like, like everything, we'll figure everything out. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's not the end of the world. But I'm trying to adopt that. I mean, I, I, with certain things, I do have that mentality. And others, I'm like, you no, know, I'm, I got to figure it out. You no, know? like, you'll never see me. But when, I, when I'm like, this is more or less like, I need to find a solution. Yeah. That's, that's what my brain is like. You know, like, you'll never see me have, like, an outburst or freak out. Like, I'm just like, it's, it's cool. Everything right. will be fine. Yeah. Like, my dad, complete opposite. Like, oh, shut it down. Do this. Oh, fix this now. Yeah. Everybody go home. I'm like. <laughs> All right, like, we got to think about this. Let's, yeah. you know, let's figure out a solution. Yeah, that's the old school mentality. You know, shut like, it down, right shut now, it down. Right gotta, now, you got to yeah. do like, sometimes that's the worst thing to do. Yep. Yeah. But um, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's put it on the side. We'll figure it out. We'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah, step yeah. back. Yeah. They, they say when you don't know what to do, the best thing to do is do nothing. Yep. Yeah. Walk away. Exactly. And then come back to it. Take a walk. Yeah. Let's see, you, you took a break from trying to figure out what was your most embarrassing moment, and you came yeah, up with I a great back. shit story. So, uh, last question is, what's your favorite food? And I know you mentioned you got this from your brother's yes, restaurant. So let's uh, shout them out and see what you brought. Um, so, yeah, I hit up my brother today. I was like, oh. By the way, that's another one of your bags, right? Yeah, this is my personal bag. Uh, this is what I've been rocking for almost five months now. Okay. Since we released it. And then we have my other little bag in here that we made. This is like a collab with myself made by Alex and any bag. So it has leather. So you collab with yourself. It's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I know what you're saying. I know what you mean, but like there is, the, is the food. Um, oh. the, I, I, I know what you mean. I just had to give you shit for collabing with yourself. But yeah, involving leather with the plastics. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like it's not something that would live in under the any bag world. It would yeah. live under the, the made by Alex world. Gotcha. Um, in collab with. Yeah. So what'd you bring today? So uh, my favorite thing in the world is, is steak and veggies. What's so. your uh, brother's restaurant? What do they specialize in? So my brother's restaurant is called Boutros. It's in Brooklyn and Brooklyn Heights. On uh, It's 185 Atlantic Street. And it it's Middle Eastern food with like French American flair, uh, some Asian flair. That's like my my background. I'm, but it's I'm like Middle Eastern, French American, and like uh, everything little that my Iran mom, is Asian. Yeah, everything my mom made for us growing up. Oh, that's great. He kind of took and like gave it his own little twist to it. Yeah. Um, and this is happens to be like an Asian fusion, but it's like uh, beef and broccoli. But he does beef and bok choy. Really? Yeah. And. Um, he took it off the menu and it was like a fan favorite and he finally just put it back on today. Today? <laughs> like, oh shit, this is perfect. That's exactly what I want. Really? Nice. But, um, and then beets. But I beets, love, really? I love veggies. I love veggies too. Why did you choose beets? Because yeah, it's, it's in season now. Ah. Okay. <laughs> but usually it's like endive. I like, I like greens yeah. or like grilled, grilled beets are one of my favorites. It's funny. I was, I was watching a video somebody sent me and it was this... Uh, Arab guy who's like picking up like leaf leafy greens and just like stuffing his face and people are laughing. I'm like, uh, awesome. I don't know what's so funny about this. I actually this too, do the Come same here. thing. You don't, you don't grab a fork? No, no, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's try this. So, the beets, the beets, the beets, the beets. The beets. Which, which one first? The beets first? Yeah, try it out. All right, what's on the beets? Um, there's no uh, cheese or cream or anything like that. Mm, um, rolling beets. I, mean, I used to hate beets. I still I don't like them too much, but <laughs> right. oh, I, love them. I used to hate. But I, I've I've enjoyed like I love borscht soup. I love that. What's it's that? like this Polish Ukrainian soup borscht. 
It's made out of beets. It's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, red beets, and it's usually like um, like a stewed meat. It's kind. Of, it's like a hearty stew. Mm. It's good. Mm-hmm. I'm oh. to shoot the microphone. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you know, get you gotta do it. People like that ASMR stuff. <laughs> I don't know about this one. All right, right. I mean, there's you know, people like certain things. Yeah, but my favorite thing to do on a on a hot Friday night is come home from from work and and throw something on the grill and just sit back. That's very like, that's very. I mean, it's Middle Eastern, but it's also like great family time. Yeah, like my mom every Sunday in the summertime, it's barbecue, like mm. shish kebabs and like. Shishlawut chicken. Uh, the chicken. Let, let, let me know when we can crash yeah. that party. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now, now my brother incorporates that onto the restaurant. Is that like an? Is that like a like a, maybe like a northeastern thing where people like to barbecue? A what? Like oh, like a northeastern type thing, like Jersey, New York, Connecticut. No, like people I, mean, like, I think I mean, I, everywhere I go, Jip- it's like yeah. Korean. It's all I want to do is barbecue. Yeah, well, this is more of like. Um, I mean, in, in Argentina, it's all they did when yeah. we were down there. Like Brazil too. Barbecue, barbecue, barbecue. Uh, I mean, it's more of like a easier way. I mean, that's how people cook, used to cook in general. Less clean up. Like, that's why I love it. Like, I don't got to clean shit up in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to get the house to yeah. hot. Everything's done outside. You just eat and the plates. That's it. You wash the plates. That's really good. Where is it again? Shout it out. Uh, 185 Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn Heights, Boutros. But um, right. it's named after my dad, Pierre, which was Boutros. Uh, he was boot- known as Boutros growing up. And then when he came here, they, they, they changed it to Pierre. Pierre, really? He's so it's like Boutros, Pedros, Pierre, like the whole. Gotcha. I mean, there was a big French influence in Lebanon, okay. so I understand. Yeah, like my parents, you know, they speak Arabic, uh, French. I don't speak any lick of French. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So when I get invited over for these barbecues, yeah, I will yeah, come with my we'll, proper we'll French. Nice and <laughs> but like, yeah, my, my brother and I will we'll sit on the weekends and just barbecue. Like his favorite thing is he'll get like a steak that's maybe three, four inches. Like call it like dinosaur cut. Yeah. And <laughs> it takes like three hours to cook because he. Does it on direct heat, off the heat, direct heat. Bring the mic the closer. We can, yeah. Um, but yeah, he'll sit down and just sit there with his hookah. And oh, really? Watch his hookah? His, yeah, watch his steak go. Wow. And I laugh and I'm like, you are the epitome of like the Arab. Exactly. <laughs> like, all, all you need is a mustache now. Like, right. <laughs> but it's man. hysterical, man. Um, well, I appreciate you coming down here and, and letting no, us interview course, you man. again. Thanks for uh, having me. And um, this is a blast. I love this. We we'll do more stuff. If you get more ideas on how we can collab, yeah, let me know. Otherwise, clean up the, clean up the trails, man. Let's do it. Let's, oh, I had one more story about the cleaning the trails. So the first time during the pandemic, a lot of trails got overloaded by people, uh, you know, not doing anything else but going with the trails. So uh, Gertrude's nose was one of the trails we just did, and we could do that again. Um, and we reached out to Minnewaska State Park. And they were concerned about us uh, littering and all that. And they're like, you know, promise you we're, we'll yeah. do better. Um, and it, we, we go on the hike, and they're like, you guys, you guys, okay. Go on the hike, we come back, and we actually took, Bro, got like two garbage bags. Well, not, that wasn't part of the hike. But yeah. We saw so much trash, and we cleaned it up. We brought it back. And we handed it to the ranger. He's like, you guys, you guys, you guys? I'm like, yeah. Like, okay. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> like, we just, we just uh, but, I, yeah. but I found out later on that they'd been so inundated with random people who didn't respect nature. Yeah. That's why they were. They I mean, were, that's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. You know, people just, there's no respect. Mm-hmm. You know, like, people don't realize, like, yeah, we all live on the same planet. Yeah. You know, like, take care of it. Yeah. You know, like when I'm swimming in the beach, you know, not my kids are, in, are doing it, but like, They'll see plastic floating in the water. They'll take it. They'll put it in their pocket. Yeah. And it's like the little things like that. Like it doesn't need to be something grand and crazy. Yeah. It's just 
Pick up the shit in front of you. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we figure out uh, more of our outdoor activities, how we can directly help with this initiative, and whether it be grabbing plastic bags and bringing them back. Hey, we're going to do this for any bag. Or we'll, we'll come up with an idea, but let's do some more. No, I'm down, man. All this right. is awesome. Perfect. Appreciate I appreciate it. you coming. Thank you, guys. Thank you.